God, just thank you for today. God, I thank you for a chance just to come together. God, it's just a cool morning where uh, yeah, we can come together and just sing songs. God, and learn more about you. Learn how to be more like you in your word, Father. I just pray that you speak to our hearts today, God. We love you and thank you. See, Leslie didn't even care about my birthday. She could have told everybody. Announcements, what better announcement are there in the world than that? You thought that would have been first, so who knows? Thank you for the birthday wishes. And the beautiful thing is there's multiple people here at the church that we share bir- I share birthdays with, and it's just awesome that so many people at... Uh, at the church here at the bridge, uh, shares a birthday with their pastor, and I'm uh, grateful for all of you, all of you, and thank you. And uh, I want to wish you happy birthday too. Um, what a gloomy type of day, but it feels good, right? A little gloomy and doomy, but it feels good. So it's all about our perspective and what we're in the thought process we're in and what we're feeling like. Uh, to overcome our environment, our surroundings, our circumstances, and all that. It, uh, we're affected by it sometimes, but we can overcome it. So, yes, we are doing spiritual bankruptcy, and this is uh, the first sermon in that series. And uh, I want to read from Job chapter 13 is where I want to look at this uh, series from. And it's a three-part series, so the next uh, three weeks we'll be talking about things about spiritual bankruptcy and hopefully figure out a way to repair spiritual bankruptcy. When I'm talking about spiritual bankruptcy, I'm not wanting you to stay there, but I'm wanting to get you from there to the place God intends for you because I don't believe it's God's will for anybody to be in spiritual bankruptcy. Do we get there? Yes. Does everybody get there? Yes. If you've been saved for very long at all, you'll go through seasons and periods of your life where that you go through spiritual bankruptcy. So I want to get you help to get out of those conditions, out of those states. So um, you're going to see it from time to time in your life, your spiritual life, and uh, we want to help you as a church to overcome those things. So Job chapter 13, verse 15 says, Though he slay me, I will hope in him. Nevertheless, I will argue my ways before him. This also will be my salvation, for a godless man may not come before his presence. So this is what Job is stating about the condition he's in. And if you've ever read the Old Testament story of Job, it's in in the Old Testament, and it's a story way back in history. And some people seem to believe that this is probably one of the oldest uh, portions of your Bible, really, that Job's account was written, but it was... uh, place further along in the Bible, but it's probably most likely one of the oldest accounts in Scripture. But Job was this man that had a lot. He had accumulated wealth. He had a great family. He had great children. He had a great wife. He had everything going right in his life. And then all of a sudden, the enemy of Job, just like the enemy of you and I, does not wish us well. So he comes before God and he tells God, the devil, and he tells God, why are you so, why do you have so much favoritism towards Job? Why do you allow him to have so much? Why have you blessed him? 
And God's just good at blessing people. There's one person that got amen. Nobody else here is blessed. Everybody else here is just don't, got the worst life ever. Okay. How many's blessed? Amen. amen. I'm blessed and highly favored of God. So it's a mindset you have to have to say, God has blessed me with whatever I have, with wherever I am. God has blessed me. He's blessed me with the breath in my lungs, like the one song Leslie sings. So it's a state of mind that we're in. And we can have a state of mind that God has cursed me and God's the enemy of my soul and God's this and God's that and it's all gloom and doom. Yeah, we have those occasions in our life. But we need to think, because in the New Testament, in Philippians, I think it is, it says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. There's a place in Romans that talks about the renewing of our mind. We need a renewed mindset, church. Amen. We need to, we need to focus on Him and think about Him and think about the good things because there's enough bad things in this world to ponder on, to think about. There's enough news channels to watch that'll bring you down, that'll give you so much despair. And I talked about that last week that there's a verse in Proverbs that says that uh, hope deferred makes the heart sick. When you don't have any hope, and it continues to take itself away from you, and it appears like it's never going to come, our heart gets sick. That's what the news channels do to us. They, they teach us that there is no hope. But the Scripture is a, a guiding light to us that there is a lot of hope in your life. There's a hope of an afterlife. There's a hope of a better life here. So let's believe in hope, and that's what Job says. Though he slay me, I will hope in him. I think the King James says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. How many trust God? Amen. We need to trust him, believe in him, have faith in him. So as Job is thinking through this, and I just begin to think about what is spiritual, what is spiritual bankruptcy? So bankruptcy, the term, according to Merriam-Webster, is the quality or the state of being bankrupt, the utter fa failure or impoverishment. So bankruptcy is failure. So if I tie this to spiritual bankruptcy, it means you have spiritually failed. Is there anybody around here ever spiritually failed? That means you fall short of the glory of God. The Bible says we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. We have all come up short in trying to live this best life that we know to live. And whenever we do that, and we become spiritually bankrupt, and sure, Job, it talks about in the first few chapters of Job, what a good and upright man he was, and how he was all this, and I'm telling you what, there's some people out there that do uh, apply themselves, they go the extra mile, they do more than anybody else, and they really stick with this spiritually, they read their Bible more than most people, they pray more than most people, they get in the presence of God through uh, uh, listen to music, Christian music, and those things, and they become closer to God. But no matter how close you get to God, and no matter how perfect you think you are, you get on a high horse, you're going to fall off. Amen? The best of horses will buck you off if you stay on long enough. A horse has a mind of its own. Leslie can tell you a story about that. She was down in Louisiana and thought she was going to be Cowboy Jack or something, and Got on a horse, and she grew up in Flatwoods, never been around anything, never grew a garden, never. I don't, do you ever make her mow the grass, Ernie? No. She had learned that from me. Okay, she, she figured that out. 
yeah, now she does all the grass mowing at our house. I'm just making up for all that time Ernie didn't have you do it. It's, it's working out. It's, it's long term. It's my birthday. I can get by with it on days like today's, Ernie. It's, it's all good. I never treat her that way any other time. It's just on my birthday. You know. <laughs> so the spiritual bankruptcy is where I have failed God. And Leslie can talk about that through her trials and tribulations while she was in one of the most high states of her spiritual walk was where she left home and drove on a how many hour drive? Karen says it's 13. Leslie made it there in 10, so that's pretty good. It's in a place down there called Farmville, Louisiana which is right outside of where Duck Dynasty is, the headquarters there in West Monroe. She, she was right outside of there, so very close, within a few miles. And it's called a thing called, in, in the Assemblies of God, they got this thing that churches do, they called Master Commission. So it's like a discipleship-based program, and, and its whole sole purpose is to get young people between the college. It's maybe for a kid that thinks... She didn't know if she wanted to go to college or not. She had keys money. She had all the things of the things that she could have walked and went to college. She had a good enough GPA. But she's like, I, I think maybe God's asking me to do something else. And that's okay. I'm not telling you not to go to college. Go to college. If your calling is to go to college, go to college. But if you feel like, I don't know, God's got plans for you. It'll be okay. So she takes off down there and burns some of her keys money. When she comes back, she finds out, well, I can't. I've burned through that. I can't use all that now, other than a little bit when you went back to Southeast Community College. But when she's there, the program's designed where they got this overseer to help guide this program known as Master's Commission. She goes through this for, what, two years? Two full years. And it's, I mean, you wake up in the morning, and it's, your day is laid out for you. You pray this many hours every morning. You read your Bible this many hours every day. I mean, it's, it's, it's what you do. And there's some people that will go to a Bible college and they'll learn the Bible in words, but it's different in Master's Commission because they teach you deeds. So they teach you to pray, they teach you to read your Bible, but then they take you out and she would go to school assemblies and do school assemblies where they'd come in and do these presentations and things and teach kids out there that there's hope, that there's something else beyond the trouble and trials that they're going through, that they're facing. They'd do youth conventions. They, they'd go out and preach and, and do these skits and different things that they would do. But even in the midst of that, was that a perfect time in your life? Looking back, No. There's things happen even in the highlight of a spiritual moment in her life and a spiritual encounter in her life. There's still troubles and trials. There's still things that you're going to deal with. So Job had this going on. He had it all. You know, he, he had it going on. Everything was really good. Perfect wife. Perfect life. Perfect kids. Had all the wealth. He owned farm. He owned land. He owned all kinds of stuff. You can read about this. But there came a day where the enemy wanted to try him. And he told God, because you've got so much favor on him, Job's never been tried. He's never been through anything yet, God. God says, well, do anything you want with him other than take his life. 
So the enemy comes in. What's his job? According to John chapter 10, verse 10. Kill, steal, and destroy. So if you want to know what the enemy of your soul, the enemy of your relationship with God, the enemy of your person is, if you want to know what the devil's job description is, according to scripture, what he wants to do is to kill, steal, and destroy. How many knows he'll do that? If you give him an inch, I promise you he will take a mile. And the only thing he can get from you is what you give to him now. Amen? I'm not going to give him anything. He has no dominion over me. Why? Because I'm bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I have the faith of God to overcome circumstances. I'm not going to say that things won't go against me, Derek. I'm not going to say that there's not going to be bad events in my life because I went through some as a Christian. But in the midst of those circumstances, they're not going to affect me internally. But they can if we allow it to. When those circumstances around you and everything goes wrong, she just turned her card over. <laughs> Poor little Ashlyn. Dennis, did you do that? You jumped awful fast. I think you was at fault there. Look at Ashlyn. She's just like, eh, whatever. Just roll out of the back of it. That's what you do with life right there. When it turns your card over, just stand up and turn around and say, well, I got it. It's all good. Don't worry about it. That's, there's, there's your illustration for today. She's laughing. Laugh it off. Laughter is a good medicine, Scripture says. Job's utter despair of total loss in the natural during this account did affect his spiritual because he allowed it to. And if you allow it to affect you, because in the circumstances we're currently in right now, and I know that there's some people that's done well with the stock market rebounding, and there's other people that done really bad with the stock market. And some people tie their salvation to how much is in your bank account. Don't ever do that. Because I don't care. I've had a pretty good-sized bank account a time or two, and I've had a real low bank account a lot of times. Amen? Sold a house one time, made some money on it, thought, man, we're rich, ain't we? We was living a high life, man, Leslie. You know what happened after we done that? God called us to pastor a church, and we went down there, and the church had $137 in the bank and owed about $1,800 that month. We was in trouble. He gives you money in advance to help you in your future. And whenever we went through that, and I didn't have a job, she didn't have a job, she went to work print shop, and everything just worked out. We never have been without. You know, Scripture says that I've never seen the righteous nor forsaken nor his seed seeking bread. Amen. I promise you this, that our God in heaven owns the cattle on a thousand hillside. Amen. He's got enough to sustain you in the midst of your troubles. If we'll trust him, if we'll believe, if we'll stand on faith that the word of God is true and the devil is a liar. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But guess what? God said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. I believe these words as truth as I'm standing here today. So Job went through this situation where, the, yes, the enemy took it all. And in the midst of it, I want you to hear this. Job chapter 3, this is the beginning of this story. Leslie's looking at her watch, and I'm already 10.05. I'm halfway done. Sorry. I'm close. It's my birthday. It's okay. I'm going to use that a lot. Amen. I'm going to take advantage of this situation. Amen. Job chapter 3. 
Afterward, after all this happened that I told you about, all this happened. His wife dies, his kids die, his farms burn. He loses it all. He don't have anything left. It's Job and Job alone because that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants you to be divorced. He wants you to lose everything you've got. He wants you to be in, in a bankrupt situation financially. He will steal from you. He'll kill you, and he'll try to destroy you. That's what he done to Job. That's his desire. But here Job's sitting in the midst of this situation. And I can just imagine losing your wife, losing your kids, losing everything you got. It all falls apart. I don't know if there's anybody here that seems like you've lost everything. Maybe you're sitting here today and saying, I've lost it all. I feel like there's no hope left. I feel like I'm at a low point in my life. But I'm hanging on. Amen. And the reason Amen. I'm sitting here today is because I'm hanging yes. on. I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to give up on my God. He's worthy to be praised. And I'm going to praise him no matter what. Amen. But Job's sitting here this day and he says this. Afterward, Job opened his mouth. That's where he got in trouble first off. And he cursed the day of his birth. It's a pretty bad day when you hate your birthday. He cursed the day of his birth. And then he went on to say, Let the day perish on which I was born, and the night which said a boy is conceived. May that day of darkness let not get God above care about it. He got to a point where he said, God don't even care about my birthday. How do we get there? Who in the world hates their birthday? I love my birthday. I get by with everything on my birthday. Job was so tore up that he hated his birthday. Ryan, that's a pretty bad day. Amen. I watch these kids. We go to their birthday parties and stuff. And little Grayson had a birthday just a while back. And Nerf Wars, man. Kids there. But then the, I don't know what's, what's wrong with his parents anyway. Lord of mercy. They, got, they had Nerf War and then had water balloons too. And invite your pastor over. Good thing that the Porsche was a safe zone. <laughs> we hope. But even though he's up on the porch trying to get me wet then, and I did get a little bit. I tell you this, that what Job was going through here, blaming God is not the answer. Amen. Hear me. Yeah. Maybe you feel spiritually bankrupt today. Maybe you feel like that all hope is gone. Blaming God is not your answer. Trusting God is your answer. And the way to come out of that situation is exactly what I'm about to tell you. Trusting God is your answer. Because later on, Job goes on to say the verses that we read to start this sermon. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Even in the midst of my unbelief, anybody ever not believed? As a Christian? Amen. Amen. I won't say raise a hand. How many's ever doubted? Is this God thing real? Even after you yes. become a Christian? Yes. I'm there sometimes. Yes. It's like you begin to doubt and wonder, could, could it really be? Is there really a heaven? Is there really going to be a hell? Is this just it? Because the enemy wants you to believe those things. 
He's going to plant those seeds in your mind. And in the midst of those things, when they pop into your head and you begin to doubt and say, even though whatever, whatever why even live anymore? We've got to get through those things. And I'm telling you right now, the way to get through them is have a steadfast faith. To be rooted and grounded in your faith. Abraham believed God and it was considered to him to be the righteousness of God. When you believe God, it makes you righteous. You know what righteous means? To be in right standings with God. How many wants to be in right standing with him? Believe in him. Trust in him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Yet will I have hope that I'm coming out of this situation. And there's beautiful endings to this story, but this is only a three-part series, so I'm not going to do all that today. So this has got face recognition on it now. I got a new phone there today, and it's causing me a lot of heartache. (laughs) Blaming God is not the answer. Trusting God will help you come out of spiritual bankruptcy. Luke chapter 17, verse 5, the apostles said this to Jesus. Says the apostle said to the Lord, They are standing there with Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, God in the flesh, Emmanuel, who it says in the Christmas story, God who is with us. These disciples walked with him three years, and they're standing here with him on this hillside, and he's telling them a story about how to forgive. Anybody have trouble forgiving? I do. Job's friends come up to him. They was telling him everything was wrong with him. They're, his friends wasn't there early to help him. They wasn't trying to encourage him to lift him out. And man, man, old Job, he's had it rough, ain't he? How many times when you're going through the midst of it, that's when you'll find out who your true friends are. Amen. Let me tell you how you find out, because they'll be there the ones by your side. Yeah, they're still there with you, but they're telling you what else wrong with you. Amen. That's what Job's friend was doing with him. They're still there. They're beside of him, but they're saying, man, you did this. You must have done that. And what, where would you fail God? And all this, they're blaming everything on him. Who was to blame for Job losing everything? The devil. Amen. He is the one that wants to cause you harm. Amen. Yes, he is. You don't have to blame yourself. And sure, we can do some things to cause ourselves some pain, but don't give up. Don't blame it all. Don't rest, rest all that on your shoulders. You can't bear that. Yeah. You can't pull that plow. I'm telling you right now, yeah. if you try to take care of everything that you've ever done wrong in this life, how'd you do with that when you was a sinner before you become a Christian? Yeah. What kind of life was you living prior to giving your life to Jesus? You that was a hard plow to hoe, amen? That was a hard plow to pull. But guess what? When Jesus come in and he gave you freedom in your life and he said, I'll take that cross upon me and I'll carry it for you. I'll be nailed to the cross of Calvary for you. Guess what? We need to continue to live that life over and over and over again where I'm not taking account for what I've done wrong. Jesus himself bore our burdens. He cares for us. He's our advocate with the Father. If you've sinned, the Bible says, come before Him and boldly confess your sins to Him. Declare Him. He is the Lord of my life. He's the one that can make it right. I can't fix this junk. But I know the one who can. That's the faith I'm talking about. That's the faith I'm telling you to build. That's the faith that I'm telling you to stand on. 
I can't do this, but I serve the one who can. I can't fix this, but I know the master of the universe. The one that made heaven and earth. The one that formed man out of the dust of the earth. The one that breathed life in the nostrils of Adam. I know him. Amen. I trust him. I believe in him. There's situations of people in this congregation here today, and I know there's people here hurting, that there's pain, that there's heavy hearts. That it's hard, that life is hard at times. And I can relate to Job. Amen. Bless him, Lord. Yes. It's a verse that my mom hung on our door, Joe Don. In our wall at our house, and she done it intentional. She bought this little home interior thing. It's Matthew 5, verse 8. It says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Amen. The pure in heart, they shall see God. Purify yourself, you sinners. Cast off our sin before Him. Open our heart before Him. Declare what we're going through to Him. And just lay it all on the line. Quit trying to fix it. Quit trying to make it all okay. Quit quit trying to mask it and appear like you're going to get through this thing by yourself. And just trust in Him. And just lay it out and say, God, I can't do it anymore. I can't help myself. I can't fix these things. But I trust in you today, God. And your spiritual bankruptcy, I promise you this. There's a big deposit that will come to your account. Amen. Amen. And it'll take you over the hump. And it'll make your account back to solvent where that you can pay the bills of your spiritual awakening, the things that happen in your life. Apostle said this in Luke 17. Increase our faith. Jesus just told the story in Luke chapter 17 after he's trying to tell them how to forgive people. And they said, I can't do that. I can't forgive somebody 70 times 7. What's, what's up, Jesus? That ain't possible. And he said, well, if you got faith the size of a mustard seed and believe and trust God, just a little bit of faith. And the mustard seed was one of the smallest of seeds. And he said, if you just got that much, come on, man. And they're sitting there and standing before Jesus, the king of eternity. And they look at him and say, I can't even do that. But here's where they go right. When they say, I can't, they looked at him and they said, increase our faith. And when you're in the midst of trouble, when you're in the midst of trials, and when you're in the midst of spiritual bankruptcy, Even mustard seed faith sometimes seems impossible. But I love the scripture that says, for the things that are impossible with man are possible with God. Increase our faith. And they're asking Jesus for this. So I'm asking you right now, as a congregation of the Bridge family here, make this our request today. Increase our faith. Somebody say it with me. Increase our faith. Help me to trust you is what we're saying. Amen. I'm even having trouble trusting you right now, God. 
in the midst of all this, I'm going to trust you anyway. And guess what, God? Increase my faith. Romans says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's no accident that you're sitting here today and hearing this message. Everybody here, you're here on purpose. You're here because God's called you to be here. And even the people that will hear it on the, on the uh, recording and the uh, the thing later, and everybody that's probably hearing it on Facebook Live and all the things we're doing, we're putting this word out. Guess why? Because the, our community right here needs to hear this. Increase our faith. There's people facing things during this tribulation that we're going through, the pandemic we're going through right now. Hopelessness is here. But guess what? Increase our faith. Let this be our request as a church. Increase our faith. Something happened to me yesterday. It's kind of weird. I was standing at a counter. A little place of establishment here in Lewis County. and Somewhere everybody goes here probably. If they want a Joey Burger. And uh, I'll save it for later. I'll save it for later. Just for suspense. Come back next week. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> it's Amen. my birthday. I can do whatever I want. Amen. I can do whatever I want. Bow your head, close your eyes. No looking around. I want everybody here to bow your head, close your eyes. I want to ask you today. Maybe there's people here that's never given your life to Jesus and you've never asked him to be Lord of your life you've never truly confessed him and believed in him and you've never asked him for salvation and you feel spiritually bankrupt in this place today and you're thinking man I want to make heaven my eternity And I want to walk with Jesus and I want to give up on this spiritual bank account that I have, which is empty. Is there anybody here that lift up your hand and say, that's me, I want to pray that Jesus would become Lord of my life. Amen. Thank you for those hands. Amen. Amen. It's beautiful. That is beautiful. for the people that's here that's facing some daunting times in your life right now and it seems like everything is falling apart and your heart is sick your soul is downcast and bankruptcy is worth that it. it's beyond the point of you don't have enough to take care of it anymore and you're in the negative and you know it 
you're sitting here today and you're thinking, man, pastor, this was for me. And I'm going to go back into the, into the black. I'm tired of living in the red, in the negative. And I'm spiritually bankrupt and I'm ready for a deposit from God today. I want him to increase my faith. Is that you? I want you to lift up your hand and say, that's me. I'm facing some things. My heart is hurting. Amen. Thank you for those hands. Amen. They're everywhere. It's awesome. presence of God is here with us. He hears your heart's cry. All you have to do is say, Jesus, come into my life. Take control. Fix what's broken. Cast out the enemy from my life. Increase my faith. Won't you just lift your hands if you will? Keep your eyes closed and let's just just sing that song. If you want the water turned on, Chas, you gotta you gotta turn the valve on. Just lift your hands. Father, I pray that you would anoint your people. Lord, that your healing balm of Gilead would come upon them. 
Lord, I pray that you would just cover them. Lord, that their faith would increase. And Lord, as we leave here today, Lord, that we would represent your kingdom of believers. And God, that you would turn situations around. And God, that you would cause them to be blessed going in and blessed going out. God, that you would go before them and wherever their foot should tread, Lord, it would become theirs. And Lord, that you would just allow them to prosper in everything that they're doing. Lord, that their bank account would become full in their spiritual life. God, that you would just awaken their hearts this day. And Lord, when they listen to Joy FM or whether they listen to to 104.1 or whatever it is, Lord, that you would just let your presence fill their cars. And Lord, that they would know that you're near them. And God, I pray this week that they would just know that you are resting upon them and your peace is there, that that their trust in you is there. And God, that their hope would be renewed, that they would be refreshed, that they would walk out of this place today with a renewal in their heart. And you would turn spiritual bankruptcy around in their life. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. Amen.